So hi, everybody. This is Nancy Novak, Chief Innovation Officer for Compass Data Centers, and welcome to our second podcast for Breaking Glass. I have a very special guest, a dear friend and colleague of mine, Lakeisha Woods, who is CEO of the National Institute of Building Sciences. And I want to have Lakeisha give you a brief overview of her career and how um, and what she's doing for NIBS at, uh, at this time in her career. Well, thank you, Nancy. Uh, as she said, I'm Lakeisha Woods and President and CEO of NIBS. I have, uh, I've actually spent my whole career in the construction space. Uh, I started working at the National Ready Mix Concrete Association many years ago uh, in marketing, and then went on to the Associated General Contractors of America. Uh, from there, I went to the National Association of Home Builders, where I spent a good percentage of my career. And then I tied it all together with a bow by coming to the National Institute of Building Sciences, where our job uh, is to bring all the various stakeholders in the building industry together uh, to find common challenges and how to find solutions. And so it's sort of interesting to look back on my career and know that I now work for an organization or lead an organization where all my former associations are now my members. That's and, so uh, that is, that is, I mean, just imagine, imagine this um, to the audience. You know, here, here's, here's a female who has risen to the ranks of CEO and president of an, of an organization that literally ties our entire industry together. And when you look at the ratio of, how, of women and men in our industry, it's, it's astounding how, you know, how few women there are, especially the ones who get to this, this high level of a position. And that leads, leads us right into our topic for breaking glass and it's the importance of female leadership. And I could not think of a better candidate to ask these questions to than Lakeisha. So this is gonna be a very um, free flowing kind of conversation because like I said, Lakeisha and I are friends. So I'm gonna surprise her with a few questions and we're just gonna see what she, what she throws back for, for a good conversation. So Lakeisha, being a female leader in the industry, could you identify several key events in your career that shaped you as a person and a leader? And what was most important to you? Well, what shaped me uh, as a leader, uh, to be honest, was actually my father. Uh, he was a, a business-focused man uh, his, his whole career. And he led, worked for the uh, Army and Air Force Exchange Service as a, the lead for the retail side of business on base, but he would always come home giving these speeches about the customer is always right. And you know you have to pay attention to what the customer needs are. I would always tell dad, don't, you know, no more work talk. And now I find myself quoting him on a, on a frequent <laughs> person. So I do value all that he taught me, uh, but I also think what's been really helpful in growth, uh, specifically in the association space have been great mentors. Uh, great people who have taken me under their wing, have provided guidance uh, and feedback and support. And I think that all of us need those who will provide knowledge, sharing, and time uh, for us to grow as individuals and specifically as women leaders. Uh, I think everybody needs a mentor. I think it's important to, to receive that training and also to give back to those that are looking for that same guidance. So we must uh, appreciate those who will help us grow, and we must also offer our services to help others grow. Yeah, well, and you do a lot of that. I mean, I, I, I join you on, on some of the executive women um, panels that you discuss 
to kind of network and get some of the women leaders in our space to be able to um, collaborate. And I've, I've noticed that with you, Lakeisha, also that, you know, you, you seem to help people be able to see things through different lenses in order to, you know, kind of promote an agenda, a good agenda, you know, one where we're looking for meaningful change. And I just wonder, like, you know, being, being a black female in the construction industry with is, you know, I mean, I you know, look at me, I feel like being a female alone is, is quite an anomaly at the, at the chief level. And um, I just, I, I wanna know, like, when you are really looking at these important agendas that are gonna help our business, um, how do you present this through different lenses based on your upbringing and, you know, and kind of not just your leadership guidance from your father and your mentors, but also just from being a black female in the industry? Well, I am very passionate about the topic of getting more, encouraging more women to join this space. Uh, we you know, learned very clearly last year that we are a critical, essential workforce. And uh, there were so many women who lost jobs in 2020. I think we, they said we went back 32 years. And it is so important for women to recognize their opportunities in this space, but also for other women uh, to encourage and showcase those that are in leadership to showcase what they're doing, how they're leading, and to share that knowledge uh, with others. I think that uh, the industry's number one challenge is workforce. We're going to have millions of worker shortages in the coming years. And the only solution is for women and minorities to come into the space and help. And that will help with so many things, not just having more bodies in the workforce, but also innovation. All the data shows that the more diverse your team, the more financially successful your team will be. And so if you want your company to grow and succeed and having spent, again, my whole career in the building industry, it is, I want to see our industry grow. I want to see our industry be more successful, to be more efficient and effective. And for that to happen, we must have more women and more diverse people in this space. And so it is absolutely a passion project. It's why NIBS, we created the Women Executives in Building uh, Leadership Series that's virtual right now. And we look forward to having it in person. And, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm here with you today, Nancy. And I'm so glad that I, that I met you and you helped drive that initiative with me. It, it means a lot. Yes, yes, we are both very, very passionate about that. So. Um, it's great because once you do start making those connections and you connect the dots, it's, um, it's easier to then leverage the different great initiatives that are going on, you know, in, in our industry. And, um, and I have to say like this, you know, this topic is about women leadership in general. But honestly, when I look at the world today um, and I see construction as the major um, industry that it is um, and, and the, you know, the low ratio of female participation we have. And then I look at like the whole digital infrastructure and how critical that, you know, that has become as a, as a basic human need, you know, around the globe, I really want to, I really like focusing on, you know, the construction industry and also, you know, the science, technology, engineering and math, you know, aspects, because there's such great careers to have. And so I, I guess one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I was always so confused growing up in my construction uh, career about why we weren't more inclusive. Like, what is the deal? Like, this is a fun job, right? I like building stuff. It's interesting. You're learning all the time. You're meeting new people, all walks of life. And, and the only thing I could ever think of was, you know, just how difficult it was with the hours or the commutes or, you know, just the environment. And so I guess my question back to you is, 
you know, when you when we talk about becoming more inclusive, it's kind of like cart and the horse, right? Because become if we become more inclusive, we're probably more innovative about how we can become more inclusive. <laughs> you know, and and getting the women at the leadership level could probably help us, you know, draw in more of that diverse talent. But how how do you think the industry has to change itself in order to be embrace that diverse population? Well, if there was just one thing, it might be easier to tackle. Uh, there are so there are several steps that we must take. Uh, the one within our current uh, space is that we do have to be intentional about uh, recruiting a more diverse workforce. Uh, we have to change our culture where we recognize that there are differences. There are differences uh, and we don't wanna pretend that we don't see the differences. We just have to work together and continue to share knowledge. Uh, I think the one thing that people say all the time but don't really retain in their mind is people fear what they don't understand. And so by nature, you know, in an organization, when you think of people recruiting people into leadership positions for the board or for volunteer leadership, the board will often go recruit those leaders. And so they'll recruit people in their own social circles and their social circles are often from work. But if you don't have a diverse group of friends, then you don't recruit a diverse group of people to come into these leadership roles. And it's the same thing when people are hiring. People's often say that like breed like. And so people will recruit someone that they're familiar with, that they have a shared story. And we have to look for people that aren't just like us. We have to look for people that are different from us. Uh, it's often said in the you know, leadership strategies that you don't want some, you don't want to have everybody in the, the four compartments that everybody's up in this one category, your business will fail. You need a balance in order of different personality types and, and ways that they process information just in order for all the areas of your business to be more successful. And so it's important for people to sort of step back, recognize uh, the biases that they may have, but then to look past them. Uh, to look at your recruiting process and ensure that your questions are inclusive. And also uh, look at the people, you know, there are many companies that have actually started, we're going to do be more intentional about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they'll put a task force together and everybody on the task force is white, or they'll have white women and men, but there are no Hispanics, no Asians, no Black, like you, if you're not actually truly understanding what diversity means, and having all those people at the table to have the discussion, then you can't make real actionable growth. Yeah, no, I, you know, I mean, I obviously I 100% agree with you. I, I do think it's fascinating though, when you said, um, you know, let, let's recognize our differences. Um, and, and I like, and then the, I guess the next step for me is and then embrace those, right? Em embrace them. I kind of think about my kids sometimes uh, and how different they are. And I'm like, thank God they're all different, you know, thank goodness, because you don't want them to be all the same, you know, and, um, but it is human nature, to your point, to gravitate towards those that are, that make you comfortable and that you're familiar with. So it's, it is, that has to be that intentional thing, um, I think, to your point, to, to, to go out and say, how, how can I put myself in right on the edge to really go open my, my, you know, my vision on, you know, learning more, putting myself in other people's shoes. Um, and so that's all, I think that is probably the best advice, Lakeisha, is to really be intentional about it. I, I, I feel like it also applies to once you're in um, a firm, 
it's in that um, that advancement rank, right? The the promotion step. So very probably very similar practices have to be carried over from recruiting, and then into the into the advancement, right? Of employees. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I agree. And and just also for people to accept the fact that there are differences, uh, not just differences in people, but people are treated differently based on their socio socioeconomic status or the fact that their gender, you know, will reflect how people treat you, how they respond. Uh, and we need to just continue to look at uh, what those challenges are so that we're aware and we make better decisions because of it. As you know, uh, NIBS has, has launched a survey uh, working with various associations across the industry just to get a baseline of you know, where we are. What, what does our, our breakdown of the construction industry look like? Male to female, race, uh, everything. And what do people, what are people's current perceptions of the culture in the industry? We just simply are trying to find out where our baseline is so that we can say, okay, in three years, we hope to improve by X, but you have to know where you are standing in order to know how you're going to improve. And just sending the survey has gotten, has received various responses, some positive, some negative, sure. some people just saying there's nothing wrong. Our industry is perfectly equitable and uh, the data shows otherwise. And so it's sad to me. And yeah. how do we get people, you know, if somebody thinks that everybody is free to have their own voice, but how do we get people to recognize those challenges that others have that they, they may never have run into a challenge, but just because you haven't experienced challenge doesn't mean other people haven't. And yeah. how can we as a people work together to improve? Yeah. And, and to your point that the stats are, they, they're loud, right? They, they tell us, you look outside your own bubble um, because I, my next question was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, what was the biggest barrier that you faced in your career? And there might not have been just one, but I, you know, but since you are president and CEO of a very large organization, you could be like, well, I, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of barriers. I may, I'm, I'm where I'm at, but you know, like you and I both, we look around and we say, but it's very lonely up here for our gender. Right. Mm -hmm. So so what, so if you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, some of the barriers you faced in your career. Uh, absolutely. I think, well, the, the good news about barriers is that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so if I didn't have to face obstacles, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. So I, I don't take that for granted. Uh, I do believe that, you know, there, I, I've said before uh, that a, a former boss told me on my performance evaluation you know, you're doing a great job. There's nothing I would ask you to improve. Everything's great. Uh, there's one thing is that you're going to just have people that dislike you uh, and they will be against anything that you say, even if it's the right idea. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, they just have their own biases and I want you to just look past it and keep moving forward. And I appreciated that that uh, opinion and that that feedback because it was true. I ran into people that I would come up with an idea at a meeting and people would completely dismiss it. And then, you know, three weeks later, a gentleman who looks different than me would say exactly the same thing. And they'd be like, that's amazing. And part of it is just that they did not want to accept an idea that came from someone who looks like me, not just as a female, but specifically as an African-American female. And of course, because I'm the only one at the table. And every job I've ever had, I'm always the first, the first yeah. African-American female 
in every role. And it's so sad to me because mm-hmm. it's pretty far advanced in society for me to be the first at every company. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just, you got to start with one to get yeah. to two and three. And so uh, I do, again, value the current role that I'm in and the fact that the search committee saw me for my talents and my skills and put me in this role and didn't see that as something that would hinder me from being able to represent their company. And so that's, you know, that's what you have to look for. Those people who will accept you as your authentic self and know and recognize the talent that you bring. You can't let the negative feedback keep you down. You just have to learn from it, find ways around it and keep pushing forward. That, that's why I'm so, 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 so grateful that you are in these leadership roles that, that you have um, worked so hard for because you're looking behind you and you're pulling the, 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 the women up behind you as well. Um, and this podcast is a great way to, you know, to kind of mentor and um, offer this kind of advice, you know? So I, so um, we need more, you know, more women who are, who can spend the time doing it. And, it, you know, we have full-time jobs, so it's, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, trying to solve for what I would consider a very large problem. Um, and then also, you know, do our full-time jobs, which, you know, construction is a very risky business. It's a business that requires a lot of attention. Um, and, and our male counter- counterparts, you know, would attest to that as well. Um, but I, was, I did want to say, like, the reason why I feel that I am so, so strongly passionate about br- bringing more diversity in is not just the demographics that we see today where we are very short of our blue collar workers and our management staff, you know, both in the industry of data center infrastructure and also in construction. Um, and by the way, like having that be the case is for me, just all the more reason to, you know, to make good change, right? But also just um, because this is a wonderful business that I love, I love dearly. And I'd like to, I'd like to be able to share that more passionately with with um, you know, a more diverse group of folks uh, because we have a lot of work to put in place and we have good things to go do and to build. And so I wanna make sure our industry is disrupted in a way that it never has been before. Um, so this one of the things I like to talk about, and you know, this is the modern methods of construction. Um, I sit on the BIM Council for the National Institute for Building Sciences um, with that very idea in mind about trying to leverage the technologies in our business to not only make us more efficient, but also make us more inclusive and therefore more innovative so that we can look at doing things that would invite more diverse talent to our industry, which we desperately need. So, um, so having said that, I just wanted to know, like, you know, on the horizon, when you look at our business five years down the road, what would, what would success look like to you, Lakeisha? Oh boy, five years from now, success. <laughs> Not retirement. You can't say retirement. That doesn't count. Uh, oh, not, not close to that, unfortunately. But uh, the I do think that for our industry to get to where it needs to be, uh, it's about baby steps. And so more women in leadership roles, uh, more, again, diverse talent in leadership roles. People want to go into an industry where they see that there is a, a path to leadership. And so if we plan to recruit more um, women, and minorities into the space, we must be very intentional over these next five years of putting women and minorities into leadership roles in the business. Leadership is what's key because once people see that, then they think they can achieve more. They know that they can achieve more and they try to come into our space. 
Uh, it is one of the comments that I hear so often uh, from others around the industry. The numbers are staggering. I think it's 5% of architects are African-American. Uh, the, the acceptance level of, of, of just, again, minorities and women in the roles, it, it requires a culture change and culture change does not happen overnight. Uh, so it will require more podcasts and panels and, and talking uh, about, uh, about where we can improve. And then again, uh, companies like Goldman Sachs that just recently invested $10 billion into this space and, and Bank of America and you know, a, lot of, a lot of firms that see the numbers, that see the financial success by backing up women and minorities. And so we need to recognize that if they're putting their money there, then that is an area that clearly is going to be a financial success for the industry. And how can you not love a, an industry that that keeps us safe, right? Our, our memory, my members build every place where we live, work, learn, and play. And if you don't have safe walls around you, uh, it's you know it's something that the, the home is an American dream, and we want to continue to see. Uh, innovation within what they do. And again, that innovation comes from having diverse people and diverse thought uh, and putting all those spaces together. And so I think five years from now, just more leadership, more diverse leadership will lead us to where we need to be as an industry. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think the advancement of you know diversity is, is, the, is the catalyst for making change, right? Um, I love the story about um, when Mary Barrow took over GM and her coworkers came to her and said, you know, diversity is very important to us. If we want to stay relevant and innovative and, you know, profitable in the future, we have to become more diverse. There's a strong business case. And, um, and so her comment back was, well, if, uh, so they were going to put a steering committee together. And she said, well, if it's that important, the steering committee needs to be the board. We need, we don't need someone reporting to us. And sure enough, um, she was the first, first Fortune 500 company to achieve parity on her board, um, which was astounding. And I love sharing that story because it was very intentional. And she put the, um, you know, the buck stop where, where the decisions were being made and, and on the board level. Because I, I've always truly believed that in our industry, if we really understood that business case, if we really embraced it, if we really felt like this was, you know, the stats were all true, which they are, we would, we would make this change happen, right? Um, and, and that's, that's what I, I tell a lot of the firms that ask me, like, how, what, how can we get more diverse? I'm like, if you believe in it, you'll make it happen. Just like being safe uh, on the job site. If we know safety is paramount because it's what keeps us, you know, our, our tradespeople coming to work, going home healthy, it keeps, uh, it keeps us competitive, all of those things. Um, we put a lot of emphasis into that because we know it's important. Becoming uh, diverse is no different. Um, I do have some, some tips too, I was going to say um, in Compass, you know, we have 100% of our female, of our CMs in the, in the U.S. are female. And, um, and, and we find that they, they have advantages over the men and how, and how they relate to the trades and report back to us. So we really, really, really enjoy those different sets of lenses. Um, and their careers have been, you know, very fulfilling and wonderful. So I, I like, I like the fact that we have, the attitude of, hey, it's been 100% men for all this time. Um, why can't it be 100% women if that's, if that's the talent that's coming to us? Um, and, then, and then also, you know, some of the intentional thing an owner can do 
is we can encourage our trade partners and our contractors to become more diverse by giving them incentives and recognizing them when we see more diversity. And that's something that we're very, um, very much trying to be intentional about, whether it's through contract language or just through, you know, um, the different ways that we recognize folks on the job, not just for safety and quality, but also for diversity and innovation and, um, and, and the different views uh, for thought process. So, um, I, so I like throwing that out there because so many times I get people who say, I just, it's such a huge challenge. I don't know what to do. And, we, and to your point, Lakeisha, we build a pipeline. We have lots of women in engineering classes. We hire them in at a lower level um, and we make an improvement, but then we kind of fall off the cliff at that mid-management level. And we have to solve for that if we want to solve for the whole thing. So that's awesome. So what advice would you give to the next generation of a female leader? I, the advice I always give is constantly stay at it. Be, uh, don't let anybody tell you what you can't do. Uh, ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission. Uh, I think that it's important to be determined. Uh, and I always, uh, I will say often, be the general you'd want to follow. So you have to be confident in the decisions that you make. Trust your thoughts and your opinions and know that you're moving uh, the way you need to and, and lead. You, know, you always keep learning, but when you make a decision, stick with it and go. Because uh, you don't need to sit back and hope and well and maybe and I don't know, are you sure? People want to follow a confident leader, so be that. Yeah, great. That's, that's fantastic. Um, and network, network, everybody. Um, join the, the you know, Women's Executive um, Network for NIMS, but networking helps because then you get this kind of great advice. So um, I, I just really appreciate um, your open dialogue and in, in your astute way of putting things, Lakeisha, because it makes so much sense to me. Um, and I, I don't know, I, don't, I really don't know what other advice we can offer other than you know, reach out on LinkedIn, um, connect with us, join the organizations that we belong to in, in this space and in other spaces. I mean, I, I belong to industries that are not construction related that are also about advancing women. And so, um, so make sure to look us up on social media and um, uh, just you know, let, let us know if there's any questions that we can answer you know, via another venue. So again, <laughs> I think we're getting ready to wrap up, but thank you so much, Lakeisha, for being my, uh, my guest on Breaking Glass. Thank you so much, Nancy. I appreciate you having me and just always encourage everybody to keep leading each other forward. Yes, and for, thanks, thanks again.